0: Welcome to the Light on Being podcast. I am the host, Claire Zavko. The Light on Being podcast is dedicated to growth and transformation through conscious talks and conversation. It is time to remember our value, step into our wholeness, and live life fully. Join me monthly on every full moon for practical techniques, radical insight, and conversations with entrepreneurs, teachers, healers, and spiritual leaders. I'm excited. Let's get started. Today we will have Anand Mahotra joining us from across the globe. A little bit about Anand. Anand is the youngest known spiritual master in the world to bring together all the original teachings of Himalayan yoga. He merges his teachings from the Vedic and Tantric traditions as taught by the ancient masters, and he's dedicated his life to honoring the pure knowledge and wisdom contained in these ancient practices from the Himalayas. Anand was born and raised in the holy city of Rishikesh, India, which is recognized as the birthplace of yoga and one of the most sacred locations in India. Anand's childhood experiences and deep desire to connect fully to the divine led to his self-realization at a young age. Since then, he has taught hundreds of human beings that have been hungry for a spiritual awakening, guiding them towards their own self-liberation, helping them to discover their deepest nature and step into a life of fulfillment and aliveness. And Anand has developed and founded Satwa Yoga as a method through which people of all backgrounds, cultures, and experiences can discover and embrace their true nature as expressions of the infinite potential of being. It is a practice relevant for the modern times, yet sattva yoga is more than a practice. It is a profound journey of personal evolution that when committed to, will guarantee to transform an individual's life. And I can testify to that, that having the opportunity to study with Anand the last few years, that is exactly what I've experienced. So it is an honor to have Anand with us today, uh, sharing his wisdom. Before we speak with Anand, let's take a moment for a mindful minute. So wherever you are, just take a moment to settle and pause. And feel your seat beneath you or your feet connected to the floor. And just notice, what are you s- seated on? or What are you standing on? And what does it feel like? Feel your feet. Notice your legs beneath you. Allow the spine to be long, draw the shoulders back, let the heart lift. And soften the face, soften the jaw, soften the forehead. And just settle, settle into wherever you are. And take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. And two more conscious breaths on your own. As you remain aware of your own inner presence, allow your awareness to expand. Notice any sounds wherever you are. Notice any temperature, any other beings, any animals, any plants. Notice any scent. Notice any light. And whenever you're ready, open your eyes and come into this space. So thank you, Anand, for being here today. We really appreciate having your time and wisdom. From studying with you, one of the most powerful teachings that I have learned is that all the being ever experiences is their own state of consciousness. And I remember when I first heard this, it was mind-blowing to take in as a concept, and then even more powerful to sit with as a visceral experience. Can you shed light on what does this mean to only be experiencing your own state of consciousness?
1: See, when we... First, it's very good to be here, Claire. I'm very grateful and happy to be sharing this with you. I think what you're doing is great on every level. so, I mean, that is the fundamental experience of any any human being listening to this right now, or even not listening. If we really pause for a moment in our lives and, uh, you know, from the distractions of thoughts and our, externally projected minds, if we just pause for a moment and really see what is life. If we just ask ourselves this question, what is that I call life? Now, what I call life ultimately, whether it is uh, emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever I may call it, ultimately it is an experience that I have. And this moment, that's all you are, your life is, is an experience arising. And that's ever life has been, is an experience arising. And this experience of life can only occur within the field of your own consciousness. For that's what you are experiencing. That's what makes experience possible. The experience is made possible by the conscious awareness of the individual experiencing. And so at any given point in time, the flow of time that is this life, no matter where you are, there are two fundamental things, that there is the experience and then there is the knowing of the experience. Uh, So right, like right now, you are having an experience. There is an experience. The experiencer is experiencing, and as the experiencer is experiencing, the experiencer is aware that he is experiencing. She is aware that she is experiencing. So there is the knowing of the experience. So the experience and the knowing of the experience. These are both expressions of consciousness. This is the fundamental qualities of consciousness. So whether it is great moments or whether it is not so great moments, whether it is the joy moments or whether it is not so joyous moments, the only thing you are ever experiencing is your own consciousness. And it is an extremely deep thing to realize because it can ultimately revolutionize your whole existence. When you realize that uh, that's all that is ultimately ever going on is you experiencing your your own consciousness state and you knowing your own consciousness state, you see. So when you shift your consciousness state, your whole world shifts with you. That's a fundamental fact. This is verifiable. This is not some abstract idea out there, you see. Uh, this is a fundamental fact of life which any individual can verify anyone can verify this at any moment that your at your life is fundamentally an experience this experience is arising within the field of your consciousness You are aware of you having this experience. So there is the experience and there is the knowing of this experience. These are both occurring within the field of your own consciousness. And so if you shift your consciousness at any moment, the whole experience changes. You know, this is a revolutionary realization. And I think that ultimately, till the point an individual does not realize this, fundamental fact of life, he or she remains tormented, you see? Remains tormented because he or she keeps looking externally, looking for someone, something externally, constantly, constantly to fix his or her own experience, you see? Uh, It's uh, without realizing that you hold the greatest key, you see? I mean actually you hold the only key there is, you know, there is no yes. there is only one key and you have it. <laughs> you know so
0: and you're the door so it's, and you get to unlock it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you, have, you have you get the door and you yes, you are the door, you are the one inside the door and you have the key. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So from the yogic perspective, the the knower, the known and the process of knowing. You see, there are three aspects to experience. There is the known, meaning that which is being experienced. There is the knower, meaning the one who is knowing. And then there is the process through which this knowing is occurring. Yes, all of this, all three is expressions of knowing. The knower, the known, and the process of knowing are all consciousness it's the field of consciousness which allows that the knower the knowing and the process through which you know knowing happens the knower the known and the knowing all are consciousness
0: yes and when you were mentioning the part about how you can verify this that has been so powerful in my experience you know practicing these yogic techniques and also, you know, looking at consciousness and expanding consciousness, um, to be able to verify it and how powerful that is. And like me coming from a background of such a logical thinker and needing everything to be proven and having evidence, like the fact that this can be verified is so valuable and so powerful that like, you don't have to believe me. And like you always say, you don't have to believe you, just verify it.
1: Yes. It is very important for us to verify what we know because if we cannot verify through our own experience you see not by somebody else's authority for if you believe in something or you agree to something just because it somebody else who has seems to have a certain authority says so it always remains in the field of your own consciousness does not root you see it does not have roots So as long as it does not have a root, it is bata. it is easily shaken by the wind of your own thoughts. So the knowledge has to be verified. When the knowledge is verified from your own experimentation and the experience arising from that experimentation, then that knowing comes within the domain of your own authority. And the knowing which comes within the domain of your own authority, has supreme value then it is unshakable no wind can shake it because now this knowledge starts to take root in your consciousness you see it reaches deep inside your own psyche and then it is atma jnana meaning it becomes the knowledge of the soul it you enliven it at that level and so verification is of paramount importance and that's why in our tradition in our teachings we give the knowledge but then we create tools where you can experiment you see the you are you know you are the experimenter and you are the experiment you know your own field of consciousness is the lab really you don't have to the great thing is that you don't have to go look for funding for this experiment Uh, it's the most fundamental experiment you can do and uh, you know you don't have to go create some fancy lab. You have the fanciest lab there is. It's you. Mm. So if you you know are diligent, you realize this knowledge on a deep level, and it's uh, you know it changes. I think the individual fundamentally when he or she can see from his or her own eyes, you know, can experience intimately the truth of what we are speaking here. It. Uh, alters you at the deepest level not just on the surface behavior level you know just behavior changing just to match some people that's it's good but it's not a sustainable model for a great life really the transformation has to be on the deepest level where who you are fundamentally alters you know not just what you say or what you do externally
0: yes yes and I've had the opportunity to verify that. And it's just so beautiful through these practices. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when one's on the evolutionary path and so they're starting to do certain practices, meditation, and they're becoming more aware of things in life and maybe they're getting into yoga and whatnot. um, And their consciousness starts to grow or it starts to expand. Like what happens then? And, you know, I've experienced it where, you have this peak experience and it's like bliss and it's the most amazing experience ever. And then, you know, the next day it's like world's challengingest day and it like seems like everything fell apart. You know, so like what is going on there with the consciousness when it's this up and down feeling to the being?
1: You see, the we have to realize that feelings, thoughts, emotions they are also all content of your consciousness, yes? They are, are activities within consciousness. They are not the knower, they are the known, yes? That is a very important distinction for us to establish that in life when we are going through life, the emotion, feeling, thoughts, all that we see, life's challenges or feeling challenge all of that is ultimately content meaning it is the known it is not the knower and this is an important distinction for us to know the distinction between the knower and the known the tendency of our the knowing quality of the mind or the knowing quality of consciousness ultimately is that it gets identified with the known you see so, when we are challenged, when we arise, emotions arise, feelings arise, which might be of certain challenging quality, or we are challenged externally in life, we get identified with the known, and as we are evolving, that is something we have to be very alert and aware of to be to have this distinction that you are not the known, you are the fundamentally you are the knower first, you see, and so when we can be aware of this. Then in these fluctuations that occur as you are going in your evolutionary journey, there are fluctuations which occur, and it's one of the deep requirements for you to realize your own inner strength and inner power. Is you have to be able to develop this ability for you to uh, disidentify, you see, unidentify yourself from this content that arises, to be able to witness it without reacting to it. See, that's the fundamental sanity which is required. Now, what happens a lot of time, to address it directly what you asked, that when we start to you know, have this expansion within the field of our awareness, and so when we say expansion of consciousness, meaning the knowing quality of consciousness, which is awareness, your knowing quality starts to expand. In that expansion of your knowing quality, which is awareness, you make contact with experiences or dimensions of experience. You know, you start to make contact with possibilities which were before outside the field of your awareness. You see, you, as your awareness expands, phenomenal experiences become possible for you, which have corresponding bliss value. You see, they have a corresponding celestial value. So there is this great euphoric experiences which can start to arise within us, where you feel free and and invincible and you feel totally detached from the uh, relative life, you see, Uh, from the interactive theater of life. But uh, the fact remains is that you are here as a, physiological being you know you are expressing yourself as this being who has a body so as we have this expanded experiences and we naturally localize ourselves from the non-local you localize from non-local you localize and as the awareness is expanding it is making contact with bliss it also makes contact with Aspects of your psyche, aspects of your own karma kanda, your own karma which you were, which was hidden before, you see. Because now you are capable of seeing more, you know. So you are able to see which earlier was hidden within the crevices of your own awareness. It was hiding behind the curtain, you know. It was still affecting your life. But it was just you were just not aware of it, you know. It was like somebody holding you from the back, with you know your hair from the back, and you're trying to run from all your strength. And but you can't see the person because you somehow you are numb on the back of your head, you know. Your neural receptors are not active there, so you're running with all your strength, and but you can't seem to get far. And then you develop sensory perception there, and then you realize, oh my god, there is somebody holding me here, you know, and this, I mean, in this example, it seems to be other person, but ultimately there is no other person. It is you holding yourself back. So as your awareness expands, you become aware of aspects, tendencies, thoughts, you know, things, within your own consciousness, which you were not aware of before. And then they are challenging at times because you become much more sensitive. You see more, you know, you see more in yourself. You see more in the self as reflected in the other. You, you see more, so that can create these challenges, the experience of challenge rather, you see. And so in those moments, it is a fundamental importance that we really, when we challenged, this fluctuation is occurring, that we remain consistent with our practice. We remain uh, aware that you are not the content, you are the great silence within that, you see. So as we keep returning to that fundamental value of silence, you are elegantly able to navigate yourself through this fluctuation. And as you progress, the fluctuations become much more, uh, much lesser, sorry, uh, much more stable. There is not so high fluctuations, you know. And even when you, you know, might have fluctuation, you are now much more aware of it. You're not kind of, you know, surprised by it. You can see it, okay. And if you remain patient and consistent enough, you stabilize and you bounce back, you know. Mm. Uh, The consistency and patience are key during those times, you know, and not, you know, and being kind to yourself. Because what happens a lot of time, because when you, through the conditioning, that moment when you're not feeling good, you know, the feeling is not good. And our own devotion is around feeling, of the great tragedies of life really that people can be so dedicated to feelings and if you're not feeling good you immediately the mind jumps to that there is something wrong because i'm not feeling good you know yes and so that's as we mature within ourselves we realize feeling emotion thought they are all just activities within our consciousness they are not fundamentally who we are you know Mm. and so when we can remain uh, in our own self as a pure silence, then we can naturally begin to transcend these. And then the game remains fun. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes you get caught in the fluctuation, and that's totally fine. You know, it's okay. Sometimes you might uh, play the role of the victim. You might, you know, sometimes you might get sucked into the cloud of your own creation. And uh, that's totally fine, as long as you come out and you can look at it objectively, and you can look at it okay without any melodrama, you know? And you can take the radical responsibility
0: and uh, move on. You know, that yes. is an important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. And as you share, I mean, it's just so clear. And and when you're sharing, it's like, I can see all the times that's happened to me. And yeah. And then at the same time, it's like, when I do fall in that cloud or like I am just in it, it's like in that moment, it really just feels like the content is what it is. You know, it's like, so yeah. like, why is it so hard in that moment?
1: You see, because it, when it arises, it has a deep root in you, right? So let's say, if I say right now, throw the word out pizza, right? Um, if you have some deep rooted relationship to pizza, all of a sudden it will, you know, if it has deep roots in you, that now, even though I'm speaking to you, the pizza is there in your brain. You know? <laughs> yeah, the pizza is there, and maybe some of you can even smell it. you know Yeah, <laughs> and taste it, and some of you might have water in your mouth if it has deep roots in you. For those, you know, some for whom it doesn't have root in their own psyche, they hear the word pizza and they move on. It doesn't make this hold them down, you know. So it is the thing that when we, when those moments are rising, when those experiences are rising, they have deep root. They are coming from the deep you know unconscious and so they have been there for a long time these patterns and programs and when they are brought to the surface you know by grace of existence ultimately because that's what we are ultimately doing here we are here to evolve uh so and we cannot evolve without learning you know Mm. and so when you this aspects of your through your journey as a soul you've accumulated karma you have accumulated programs and patterns which are no more serving you but because they are programs and patterns of you they have deep root into your psyche and so when they arise up in the field of your awareness they have so much energy around them that in that moment you become attached and identified to it you see it becomes uh can be very challenging for you for some in that moment to to disengage because the charge is so much, you know? It, it, it's not just a thought, it's a physiological experience, your energy, and all of it just collapses onto that magnet, you know? So it's a strong charge of a magnet. So it's that field organizes everything around you then. So that is why in our teachings we say, you know, in those moments you have to just come to the witness mind and through that, whether it is through Japa practice, Yes, whether it is through breath awareness where you can return to that level of deep stillness and witness instead of getting hijacked and lost. It is challenging. We are not saying that it is not challenging in those moments, but there is always a way, you know, there is always that way is there where you can choose not to, you know, you always have that possibility. Ultimately, we know that. And that is important for us to realize that you know, we have to stop disempowering ourselves because the chronic illness amongst most human beings is to constantly disempower themselves, you know. And we have to realize that uh, you are the most mighty being you will ever encounter because you are it ultimately.
2: Mm.
1: And so in those moments, you have to empower yourself and uh, in the face of that adversity within your own consciousness, you know, that emotional, psychological adversity or whether it is an external seemingly external adversity you have to come to your own strength and sometimes uh, all it is is coming to that inner witness in you you know and so those wind passes so sometimes it is this peaking of energy in that process like if you and it is important that we be aware that we don't shut down a lot of time you just be aware that okay where do you go when you are challenged you see what is your lower mind's fundamental? um uh, modus operandi uh, when you are challenged so for some people they will become hyperactive do you understand or yes. extroverted they will go and consume stuff or they will become ex- overly socializing overly external focused reaching to people or reaching for things whether it is substance or uh, spaces you know or there are people who are who have more introverted tendencies may, when they are challenged or feeling a little bit down, they might shut down, you know, and isolate themselves and want to run, you see. So you have to be aware of what are your lower tendencies. What do you do naturally when you are challenged? You have to be aware of that. So when the challenge arises, naturally this tendency to escape that challenge will arise in you, you see. And you have to catch yourself there that, okay, this is the tendency. This is what my lower mind usually does whenever I feel uncomfortable, you know. I either shut down or I consume something to just numb myself or I become hyperly extroverted or I become, you know, I want to run and uh, hide somewhere. These are just, we have to be aware of it, clear. And as you can identify these behaviors within yourself, then you can cut the strings of these behaviors, you know. And uh, the challenge ultimately is there to reveal some great teaching to you. If you, it's, nobody has ever learned anything without facing the challenge. You see, you have to face the challenge. You have to hold your ground and you have to face that challenge. That creates a great possibility of learning. Without facing the challenge, there is no learning, period, you know. So all these challenges are there to reveal to us the great teaching that needs to occur. Mm -hmm. And that is an important aspect for our journey.
0: Yes, beautiful. And That it? is
1: why, you know, uh, consistent practice, you know, um, if you have stable awareness when your attention becomes more stable, you can have that distinction, you know, your nervous system is stable, you know, you are able to remain stable. So you can see, you can return to that stable awareness much quicker if you're consistently practicing. If you're not consistently practicing, then when the challenge arises, the energy is too strong of that content, you know. The magnetism of that content is too strong for you to resist, you see. So you, you kind of give up your power to the content and you become the content. You know, you are the content then. And, and that's
0: when you lose. Yes. Yes. I can relate to that. <laughs> I mean, I, I love how you reminded me and us that there's just always a way. There's always a way. And there's more than just the way we're seeing it. There's another way. always a way. Always. Always.
2: Beautiful. Yeah. Always a
0: way. And as a teacher, often students share with me that they're, you know, doing these new practices and new things and and expanding. And um, often um, what happens when someone's sharing that they have fear? So, like, they're having these new expansive experiences, but they're, like, they're scared of them. You know, like how do you transcend a fear of the unknown or these more expansive experiences, even though like a part of the being wants to expand, but then they're also fearful of whatever may happen or occur.
1: You see, fear is a very, it's a learned behavior, you know, um, and uh, that fear of the unknown as people go into there, what is the fear ultimately? The fear of known and fear of losing fear of the unknown and within that fear of losing the known, you know? Mm. So they have an idea of who they think they are and they have bought into that idea. They have bought into the idea of what do they think is possible for them, you know, because we have remained so busy most of the life with people remain so busy just with the objective content-based life, you know, that when they start to tap into their own inner power, when they start to tap into their own Experience the, the the lower ego, the ego mind gets scared of that because the ego mind uh, uh, wants to hold on to some small identity. You see, and there is some deserving issues like, oh, I I don't deserve it, or I am not worthy of it. Wow, this can't be occurring because I am not strong enough, or you know, all these ego identities which are there. So it's a very natural because people have learned this fear. It's natural when they start to expand their Awareness that certain level of fear might arise, and uh, you have to anchor yourself in trust and realize fear is ultimately a reaction of the ego mind to anything brilliant, oh. <laughs> you know. And so you have to—it's—it's it's a great act of love ultimately to give yourself the permission to go where your fear would not let you go. Ultimately, you see. So you have to acknowledge the fear. We are not talking about the. The uh, you know fear as a relevant behavior within as a you know uh, that's ultimately not fear it's more intelligent. Where you know sometimes people get confused. Well, fear keeps me safe. No, it doesn't. Right? Fear doesn't keep you safe. Fear keeps you afraid. (laughs) Yes. And afraid, afraid is not safe. So, intelligence is safe, you know. You have to be intelligent, and you don't need to be afraid to be intelligent. Actually, the lesser fear there is, the more intelligence there is in you. So, it's natural as people are experiencing, as they do the practices, they, you know, certain experience in their own energetic system starts to arise, in their own bodies, in their own minds, experiences will start to arise. And they have to be aware that, yes, the fear is a natural reaction of the ego mind. And they have to anchor themselves in trust, they have to stabilize and uh, realize that they are worthy. They are much more powerful and not give up their power to the fear and to, to the small idea of who they think they are, you see. So ultimately, who is afraid? The one who is afraid is the false self. You know, the ego mind is afraid. You know, it's not your true self who's afraid. It is your ego mind, who you think you are is afraid, you see. And in that state of expansion, that's what's ultimately dissolving. Who you think you are, or who you think you have been playing in this life is dissolving and something new is arising. So it's kind of a spiritual death, you see? Mm. It's, it's uh, and it's a uh, way progression occurs. And so it's natural for the ego to be, a, you know, to react in, with fear. And so you can see the fear and then uh, act in a way which love makes you act, you know? Mm. Move the way love makes you move, not the way fear makes you move. We should not judge the fear, Uh, it's too much to ask, as I say, to not be afraid. And that's why I'm saying the fear is natural, it will arise because it has been learned from a young age. So it will arise, but uh, you don't have to act the way fear makes you act. You know, you can act the way love makes you act as long as you're aware of the fear, and then you can choose more trust. You know, you can lean in the direction of trust. You can lean in the direction of love. And then you start to realize the magic, you know. The magic is on the other side of the fear, ultimately, as you go into that, lean in that direction. There's this sense of aliveness which starts to arise and you become, too, you become aware of what you are capable of, you know. If you're not going to lean, if you're going to run away from that fear, or you're going to judge yourself for being afraid, you will remain the same. So it's natural for you, for that fear to arise. It's not that you are afraid. Fear is arising. You're not afraid. Fear is arising in you. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge that fear. Observe that fear. And refine your intellect. And don't move in the direction of dumbness. Remain intelligent. And then move the way love makes you move. And slowly you will see. You'll be able to, as we said in the beginning, you'll be able to verify. That the, that fearful thought was absurd. You know, it was. There is no joy in living in the prison of fear. There's no safety in that. It's not safe. It is afraid. <laughs> Nobody, you know, fear. This be some this strange idea is floated around that fear keeps us safe. No, it doesn't. Fear keeps you afraid. <laughs> yes. Nobody says, "Oh, I feel so safe because I'm afraid." Who said that ever? So we have to be, you know, fear is natural. It will arise. We shouldn't give it too much value, you know? Mm. And we should have a a little bit sense of humor around it and acknowledge. It's important that you acknowledge that there is fear. Because if you don't acknowledge, then the arrogance will come and you will, you know? Yes. uh, You will fool yourself. So it's important that when fear arises, say, okay, there is fear arising in me. Just that acknowledgement will heighten a brilliance in you. You see, you will tap into an intelligent awareness when you can acknowledge it. There is fear arising in me. Yes? And then then declare to yourself and declare to existence that I will, but I choose to move in the direction of love. There is fear in me, but I choose to move in the direction of love. For That's what gives me great meaning. That's what gives my life great meaning ultimately
0: yes beautiful like as you speak it's i just feel it i feel the nectar like even though yes. you know it doesn't matter how many times i've heard it or not heard it it's just just so deep every time
1: yeah yes the depth is uh you know the, the that's the beauty of our as we expand our awareness nothing is ever the same Mm. You know, you can't look at the flower, the same flower, twice. You can't hear the same word twice. Every time you hear the same sentence, let's say Mm -hmm. we say, Aham Brahmasmi, I am totality. You can hear it a trillion times, and every time it will have a deeper meaning if you really understand what it means. Somebody who says, Oh, I've heard that before, I understand what it means, does not understand at all. (laughs) <laughs> for <laughs> the meaning is not just the word the meaning is infinite um. yes the internal meaning of that vibratory current is infinite It has no bo- it has no bottom it is bottomless so every time we hear something and as we are evolving we are tapping into the deeper and deeper meaning of that what the word or the sound is ultimately attempting to explain, you know?
2: Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. As we wrap up the um, other teaching that has like hit me so hard that is coming up in this moment is how you've shared before to just break the habit of who you think you are
2: yes
0: yes
1: that is the you know we have our, as i said this ego mind most of the time people who you know people have an idea of who they are and they have assumed themselves to be that you know they haven't questioned you have to question who are you you know have you questioned who you are and how you came to be who you are. Okay, I'm like this, I'm like this. But how and why, how did you come to be? If we changed your childhood, would you be the same person? If you grew up with different people, would you be the same person? If you went to a different school, would you be the same person? You see, if you had different relations, would you be the same person? Would you like the same things? Would you want the same you know, things? So you have to question these identities which are based on conditioning and these patterns, because then you keep living these patterns and your life becomes nothing but a habit. And the self is within that habit, within that habit-driven life. We have to question that and we have to break free from this conditioned identity. And we have to become free from this conditioned self. You see, it's just running in the circle as an effect. And uh, you, that is why we have to create, as we say, consistent new. We have to break these patterns. You cannot break the pattern by remaining the same. Mm. So you have to start to alter. How do you alter? By bringing new, new rituals in your life, new habits in your life, new practices in your life, new ways of being in your life. People want to have a different life, but they don't want to break the habit of themselves. They still want to do the same thing. They want to be the same way. They want to have the same desire, the same thinking, the same patterns, and they want to have a greater life. How can that be? The same person cannot have a greater life. There is no great life, ultimately. There's only great people.
2: Hmm.
1: Great people have great lives. There is no great life out there. You can keep running. There is no great life on a yacht. There is no great life in the front of the plane. There is no great life on the beach. There is no great life on the mountain. There is people suffering in all these places. You see, unhappy people mm-hmm. are everywhere. So it's not great life. It is great people. Mm-hmm. You have to be great, not life. When you are great, then life have no other option. Life will meet you exactly mm-hmm. where you are at. And for you to realize your own greatness, you have to be ready to give up the idea of who you think you are. You have to let go of the attachment to your patterns because they are patterns, they are learned behaviors, they are conditioning, your identities. You see, I'm like this, I'm like that, but this is what I like, this is what I don't. You have to be ready to loosen the grip on this, you know, this kind of a self which is just constructed it's an afterthought it's a constructed self it is an afterthought because of what all happened then this self kind of gets formed so we have to realize that you are the creator not the created most people don't realize that they think they are the created and they live their life based on this created identity and so this shift has to happen where you realize you're not the created you are the creator here and now, that's very important to realize. Yes, and so then you start to create a life here and now. You start to bring, and ne- when you realize you are the creator, it's never too late. Mm. You see, yes. universe has infinity of time in all directions. So start where you are, where you are, wherever you are at is the beginning. Start there. Start now, never tomorrow. Now, in this moment change bring in the new start and when we say bring in the new start to behave in a different manner start to think in a different manner start to what are you filling your life with start to break the habits of yourself you see start there start simple first start changing the small things in your life if you're not ready to change the small things how can how can life change Hmm? yes
2: yes wow
0: thank you Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the time and wisdom, and then just being so clear. I appreciate it. Eternally grateful. Thank you for your time. Yes.
1: Thank you. It was very, very good to share with you. And uh, I hope all the listeners, as they listen, they find something of value within themselves and it can help create a shift in their life. Mm. Mm. Yes. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. You're welcome. uh, Thank you so much for all that you're doing in the world. And uh, yeah, keep spreading the light. It's wonderful.
2: (laughs) Thank you for being Uh, a guide
1: yes and i'll see you soon back in india
0: yes i'll be there um, in november
1: great november is a good time it's a beautiful time to be in india
2: mm-hmm. yes
1: yes and the summit is going to be great this year a lot of great artists a lot of great art also mm. apart from of course the great teachings but a lot of great art also and really deep experiences of community. It's wonderful mm. to 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 spend time with, uh, to be able to have moments together with, you know. Yes. soul Communities from around the world.
0: And that's what it it feels like. It feels like a reunion. And even though I haven't mm-hmm. met many of the people, it's just like it is a reunion.
2: <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yeah <laughs> like we've known each reunion. other
0: forever in lifetimes, whether I've ever yes. seen them or not. It's a huge soul reunion. Yes.
2: It's all reunion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right. Thank all right. you, Claire. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Light on Being podcast. Like all things in time, this is an evolving living thing as we discover our wholeness and light together. I'm excited that you're along for the journey, and I would love to connect with you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Light on Being. Send me a message with any comments or questions and they may be addressed on an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed today's podcast, the highest compliment that one can give is to share the episode with a friend or leave a review. Make sure to look up at the full moon and see her bright, radiant light. She is fully being.